the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Freeze Show, and I'm just so thankful. I feel so blessed to be here. And, you know, I've been talking about this gentleman that's sitting right next to me right now, and I've been talking about him because I felt a connection during Facebook, just watching Facebook and watching what he's doing, and I want to introduce him to you. And uh, he's sitting right here, like really close and comfortable, and Facebook Live is going, and so uh, we're going to get started. So... Last name, Larry Broughton. Broughton. I knew I would do that wrong. <laughs> it's close enough. <laughs> oh, darn. Well, now you won't forget it, listeners. Larry Broughton is an award-winning, how do you say that, hotelier? Hotelier. And yeah. entrepreneur, CEO, best-selling author, keynote speaker, the list goes on, and former U.S. Army Green Beret. Hmm. CBS News has called Larry the nation's foremost expert on leadership and entrepreneurship. I'm ready and willing and able to listen to him because I want to know more. The host of the Travel Channel's hit show, Hotel Impossible, says he is among the top hospitality experts in the country. His upbeat, creative approach to business and life has been featured in newspaper and magazine articles across the country, and he has been a recurring, reoccurring guest expert on news and TV programs on every major television and cable network. Wow. Among Larry's awards are Ernst & Young's Entrepreneur of the Year, National Business Leader of Integrity. You can learn more about Larry at www.thelarry.com. Broughton? Broughton. I knew I'd do that. Broughton.com. You're going to do the same with my name. I can just tell. You've got it coming. I've got it coming. Anyway, Larry, thank you so much for us finally getting to be together and, yeah. and meeting in person. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, so we, we met um, just right outside uh, the radio station, and he was more than on time. I love that. Anyway, so we, we got a little time to chit-chat before we got to be with you guys, and we were talking about what we wanted to talk about, and we both are led by the Spirit, and we both, um, you know, we just want to share our hearts and lives, and so I asked Larry to come up with a title, um, and, you know, I'm sure it has to do with what he feels led to talk about, so I'm just going to let you take it, Larry, and... Um, Let's just get going. How about that? How about that? How about that? So you came up with a title. Well, we were just talking earlier about spiritual journeys that we yes. go on, right? I mean, uh -huh. crying out loud, isn't life awesome when you, when you look at it as a journey, as an adventure, right? And Absolutely. I can tell you today, at my advanced age, I'm a lot different than I was, you know, growing up. How boring would life be if we were the same throughout, right? Right. Right. And, you know, I, I consider myself a Jesus follower now. I wouldn't necessarily call myself a Christian. Don't turn off your radios now just because <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, but I'm pretty specific about that for, for a reason. 
And I think we've all been on a journey, right? So, I mean, I can share that story with you if you want. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. So I grew up in rural New York, um, working class family. Um, You know, we were one of those families that went to the local Methodist church. We went, you know, Easter and Christmas, that kind of thing. And then when we got to be, you know, whenever you started doing church camp, that kind of thing, we did that kind of stuff. And I remember them doing this little altar call at that point. And I felt led to go up as a little whatever I was, 11-year-old kid, to go up and accept Christ as my Savior. And um, I was all filled and excited and all that. And I went home. I remember getting home and my mother was hanging laundry on the lines. Remember those days when they yes. actually hung up laundry out on the lines in the backyard? Yep. And told her about this. And she just laughed and said, um, oh, that's so cute, honey. Um, and just laughed at me. Not laughed with me, but laughed at me. Mm-hmm. And that crushed me. Mm-hmm. It crushed me, you know. Um but still, this the, the, I don't felt I don't feel like you know I just left it, but I was embarrassed about expressing my faith to anyone else mm-hmm. after that. And like a lot of teenagers, you know, I did a lot of exploration, and you know, didn't always walk the path that uh, you know we want our children to walk, mm-hmm. right? Um, but um, I remember the pastor of this Methodist church, Bill Webb, and he just passed away recently, was an amazing man. And um, I remember always looking up to him and just being really honored uh, to be around him. But at the same time, there were what I would call Christian men that I was trying to look up to who just weren't to me what men were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Strong leaders. Every Christian man I knew growing up was like this weak Ned Flanders from the Simpsons, Oakley Doakley. Mm-hmm. kind of a Christian man, and it was a total turnoff for me. And um, I don't know. I just felt like um, this Christian walk may not be for me. And so it didn't stick, I guess. And then I was working, I was at this uh, summer camp um, working, and I had a rather significant sexual trauma inflicted on me by a guy who was a seminarian oh boy so what's that do to you right <laughs> you say, oh well this is these are christian men <laughs> right. right and um and, and how, I had, old were, how old were you 15 okay it was a small 15 year old I, I i'm a hulking guy now i'm six five now but i used to be quite small mm. and um and i had this inkling about the scoutmaster um, at a young age, I didn't couldn't put words to it when you're mm-hmm. young, but I yeah. knew something was up. Well, as it turns out, this guy is now in prison oh, for molesting, raping fellow scouts. So all these men, and by the way, he was a deacon of his church oh, or goodness. an elder, or whatever, whatever that is in the Presbyterian church. Mm. And so all these men um, were just hypocrites, as far as I was concerned. Mm-hmm. So I turned my back on it, and I ended up going into the military. And they say there's no atheist in a foxhole. (laughs) Um, But I really started, you know, wondering, what is this about? And so I started reading a lot about Jesus the man because I thought, well, gosh, he's he's at least what I know of him. He's kind of a rebellion or a rebel, you Mm -hmm. know. I do remember the stories about him, the righteous anger of tipping over the tables at the temple and that kind of stuff. And, Mm -hmm. right, and, you know, actually having a temper from time to time. And I thought, well, gosh. 
That's awesome. And then I started reading about William Wilberforce. Do you know guys about, about him who really was the leader of abolishing slavery in the UK and then here mm. in the US? And I started realizing, well, there's like anything, there's a dichotomy. There is a continuum of men out there, right? Mm-hmm. There's real warriors and there's actually hypocrites who hide behind their faith mm-hmm. um, to, I don't know, um, prey upon people. And then uh, being exposed to evil out there in the world during my travels in the military, I realized, you know, all of life is a continuum. So now I consider myself a Jesus follower. I am more concerned about my relationship with God, my father, Abba. That's how I pray to him. Daddy, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I just try to be a great role model for my children and my team members at work and, you know, people I come in contact with. I am not a theologian by any stretch. I say that, too. You know, I just have life lessons that the Lord is revealing things to me. Yeah. And if I can share my stories and share other people's stories, yeah. sometimes if we can learn lessons and not have to go through all that pain for the gain, it's a wonderful thing. If we can listen to other people and, and get the lesson without having to, you know, so, actually experience it. Well, we could talk about that all day, too, about yes, this whole thing could. about suffering, right? Yes. Um, I think suffering's a good thing, to be honest with you. Yes, I would rather shallow the learning curve on, uh, that comes from suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I heard a saying once that when you're walking through the valley of uh, darkness, keep walking. <laughs> That's true. The problem is a lot of us linger there because right. we don't know the path we don't see the path we lost and yes. so we linger there for way too long mm-hmm. and sadly we were talking about before the show started about um uh sadly suicide uh, from time to time mm-hmm. people linger so long sometimes that they just total despair takes over right total despair and so i encourage folks reach out do listen to these shows right, right. apply reach the out. lessons for crying out loud but when you see someone struggling, don't just let them linger. Yes, we're called to do that. We're, we're here for each other. Uh, you're listening to the Sue Freeze Show. Sue Freeze, spell like fries, one word, dot com. And I'm going to do it again. And we're listening to Larry. Broughton. Thank you. Broughton. <laughs> I don't know why I'm not. I'm having a... Someday I'll get that right. Anyway, you won't forget it now. Anyway, so... Um, Yes. You know, we have so many similarities mm. similarities in our lives so. because uh, 10 or 11, I was uh, sexually molested. Mm. And so I totally understand what that's about. Mm-hmm. I'm female, you're male, obviously, but mm-hmm. still yeah. the pain and the um, surprise and all that. And I, well, I received the Lord at the same time, too. I was at a camp mm. and I received the Lord and uh, it was a real it was a real experience. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's some listeners that maybe you have not had that experience, and I just want to reach out to you right now and say that, you know, it's really not difficult. You don't have to change a thing in your life because the Lord will accept you right as you are right here, right now, and all you have to do is reach up, um, look up, and just ask him into your heart. And, you know, he's a gentleman. He's not going to snatch you uh, out, but he will be there for you, and he created you for a specific purpose. And in order for you to live out that purpose... Um, he's there to guide you. Mm. So um, I would just say that that would be a really good thing to do. You know, Thanksgiving is here. Christmas is coming. It is where suicide, as Larry mentioned, is heightened because people want to be around family 
and they want to um, feel loved and feel like they belong somewhere. And there's so many people that just get very, very lonely. Um, you know, just last year, I, I always, I've been saying this for 13 years that, you know, if you are having Thanksgiving dinner and there's an empty seat at your table, or even if there's not, uh, look for somebody that doesn't have any place to eat, ha- doesn't have any place to go, and just invite them in. Last year at Christmas, I was alone. And I actually had a lady who has been living out of her car. And I actually went and picked her up. And I spent my Christmas with this lady. And it was one of my favorite Christmases ever. Um, Evelyn, you're probably listening. And I just love you, girl. Uh, Anyway, it was just special. And I just never had that opportunity like that. And then I did. So you never know what's going to happen in your life. You never know. But, you know, there's a time for us to give and a time for us to receive. And no matter what side you're on, just make sure that you're doing whatever it is you can do uh, to help. Yeah, that's a great message. Thank you. Yeah. So what's the most significant incident that has tested your faith? Mm. Just, you know, we're just talking here. Yeah, we're just talking. <laughs> yeah, only millions of people listening. No, I think like a lot of people, there's probably been a lot of incidents that have tested my faith. Um a couple of things I'd mentioned earlier, right? Sexual trauma will mm-hmm. do it to you for That's sure. That's a big one, for sure. Um, you know, parents laughing at you when you share this, <laughs> that'll, yeah. that'll test it. Yeah. Um, before I go on, though, um, I remember being in the military going through the Special Forces Qualification Course, and there's this guy that was doing really well as we're going through it. Like, he shouldn't be doing this well. And I was pretty cocky back then and much more fit than I am now. And so I asked him, I said, how is it that you are just like, people don't like you. <laughs> you're not, you're not physically fit. <laughs> and he said, you really want to know? Now this might blow some people's minds. Okay. So he reached into his locker and threw this book on my bed and it was the satanic Bible. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. And, um, and I was, I thought I was so enlightened and, um, open-minded that I read that thing. Oh, cover to cover by Anton LaVey. And, um, That'll test it. Um, I went on to, during uh, the final phase of the first part of the, of the training is what they call it, the survival phase. And I literally had one of those moments that you see in the cartoons with the devil on one side and the, the angel oh, on the other. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because it was, very, it was a very difficult taxing phase. And um, all I kept hearing in my head is from the, the, the demon side, all you got to do is ask. All you got to do is ask, and it'll all be be over. It'll be very easy for you from here. Thank goodness I didn't choose that side. But that tested my faith. In fact, it strengthened my faith uh, at, at that point. But, you know, I think economic ups and downs, a lot of men, I think in particular, we tie our self-worth to our net worth. And so there's been times where I've made millions, and there's times where I've lost millions. And... Um, there was a significant time when, um, actually, when I was going through my divorce, while the 2000, what was it, whatever the, the economy, when the economy was tanking, 2008, 9, mm-hmm. 10, when the economy was tanking, that was a very tough time. Very. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, like, I felt very alone. Like, I've been fighting and struggling all this time, and really? Mm-hmm. All these other people out there, they seem to be, it's all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows for them. Right. Father, what the hell's going on here? You know, so that was a struggle. The most recent thing, though, Sue, 
if I'm being really honest with you, is that back in January, so not quite a year ago now, uh, my son was killed in a car accident. Oh, my He's 17 years old. Mm. And he, besides my daughter, who's 21, like my world revolves around those two darn kids. Mm-hmm. And particularly a father, son, only son, like he was going to be my legacy, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and like I screamed at God for weeks, like not proverbally, literally mm-hmm. in my home. When people like when I was out into the world and people were with me, I had to have a strong face on, and right. I thought I did anyway, right. and I had to function. But when I was home by myself, I was pissed. I was not happy mm-hmm. with God, mm-hmm. and um, and it tested me. It tested me. Thank goodness, though, what got me through a lot of these moments is that I had surrounded myself with people who were bolder and brighter than I am. When Amen. I'm at my weakest, I have men in my life. Who will, I'm getting emotional thinking about this because there are these three other men that I have in my life mm-hmm. that will come kick my door in when I am isolating. Right. We meet every week, every Wednesday night we get together um, and, um, and we share and we go deep. And not enough men do this. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of women are able to do this. Not enough do it. Um, but we build each other up. Right. And um, there are no secrets among us. And in fact, every week we make a commitment. What we're going to talk about is held in, and we all say at the same time, strictest confidence. Right. Um, we have to have that kind of thing. So surrounding yourself with people who are bolder and brighter than you. Um, and every day, on my best days, I start with a morning routine of prayer, mm. meditation, reading, those types of things. So at least I feel like I'm armed with something that day that I can rely on. But when I'm just a rudderless, you know, I don't know. I was going to use a self-deprecating word, but I shouldn't right now. Um, when I'm just rudderless each day, I tend to get into more trouble. Absolutely. Wow, there were so many golden nuggets in that, what you just said. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sorry for your loss. Thank I'm you. truly sorry. I can't even imagine that. I can't. Uh, we both have one boy and one girl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, same with me. My kids are... They're just so much a part. I would die for them. And yeah. uh, I just can't even imagine. Um, yeah. Well, like you said that I still have a boy and a girl. Cause I do. That's the way I look at it. You know, I'm not like delusional, like he's here, but he's mm-hmm. here. I feel him yes. daily. And I've had people say, oh, do you have children? I say, yeah, I've got a boy. I've got a son and a daughter. Yeah. And then if they probe, then I'll say, well, then they give them the details. Right. It's, so it's, right. he's made such an impact on my life and so many other people's lives. And yes. Thank you. You know, um, what you said as far as having those people, those friends, and they're more than friends, you know, and you don't need friends that are going to tell you what you want to hear. You want friends that are going to surround you. They're going to tell you what you need to hear. And, uh, you know, we have a choice, don't we? Each and every one of us, we have a choice on who we're going to surround ourselves with. And we become those people that are, you know, the five or six basic people that you hang around on a regular basis. I've told my children this forever. You are who you hang with. So choose your friends wisely, you know, and that goes for any age. Um, you know, people can bring you down. There are people in my life that want me to be down, and they did what they could to speak into my life in a mm-hmm. negative way. And I, we probably all have these people, and no matter who they are relationally to you, if they're 
not building you up, if they're not encouraging you to be all that God has created you to be, then it's time for you to take a good look and do that tough decision and just put them in the outer circle. Don't have them in your inner circle because God has a purpose and you have to remember that you're an ambassador to Christ, Mm -hmm. that you have a job to do here. And it's really important. And you might be the only person that could touch that person at church. You might be the only person that in that grocery store that you smile to them or you say, hey, take cuts. You only have one item and I've got 20. You know, you might be the only person that shows them that love and that consideration. And so you want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with people that are going to build you up. And hold you accountable, too. Mm. Holding you accountable is so important. I know a lot of women, including myself, that really want to have that. But sometimes in our busyness of motherhood, me with grandmotherhood, and, you know, running a business or not running a business, how about ministry? We get so busy that we forget that we need to be relational. So make sure that you set time aside, and I'm listening to myself say this right now, because this is really a tough battle for me, too. Um, You know, we all have a job to do. So you've traveled quite a bit, and you've seen a lot of the world. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's actual evil out there? Yeah. Yeah, I um, I alluded to that already. Yeah, I've been to probably, I I should stop and do a real count, but it's been over 40 countries. I mean, that's that's not as many as many people. But it's more than most Americans, for sure. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's absolutely evil uh, out there in the world. I think where we get it wrong, though, Sue, is that people kind of do the opposites, good and evil. There's not good and evil. The, the opposite of evil is not good. The opposite of evil is love. And we mm. can talk more about that as we go on. But I do think that it's, it is as real as this table right here or you are sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's absolutely real. It is absolutely real. And, um, you know, I have my cousin who's living with me right now, and I tell him that when, you know, when we get overwhelmed with emotion and we get overwhelmed with thoughts of fear and destruction, the only thing that can really pull us out is is the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. That's where our power comes from. Mm -hmm. And so I've let him know that whenever you feel overwhelmed, and this goes for you too, listener, that when you're feeling overwhelmed and you feel like there's just so much coming at you and you're just you're getting buried, the best thing you can do is just yell out loud, Jesus. The mm-hmm. devil does not, he cannot hear our thoughts. He doesn't read our minds, but he does hear our words. He can hear what we put out there. So make sure that you're guarding your, your, your tongue, guarding your heart, guarding your mind, and putting only in what you want to have in. There's so much that I could say right now, but but the devil is real. Evil is real. I, I'm interested about that, I mean, the opposite being love, and I, I can understand that faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these love. Um, but I want to hear more. But we're going to be going to break soon, so I don't want to get started on something. But we could have a little hanger here to get people <laughs> to want to listen to the second part. So what would that hanger be? What do you think, Larry? Well, I think that uh, we're faced with uh, both good, uh, evil, and love each and every day. Uh, just got to open up your eyes. Yes, absolutely. So we will be back with more of the Sue Freeze Show right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. 
there, cutie. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS. TermiteLady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma. Revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, learning to breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. So we're here for part two of The Sue Freeze Show, and I just want to give a big shout-out to my sponsor, E. coli termite and pest control, who is here to serve you. You know, uh, E. coli has been around since 1983. We just this year hit top 100 in North America. I feel very privileged very honored, very blessed to be part of this organization. If you have any pest, rodent, or termite issues, or if you're not sure, you need to give us a call, give Ecola a call, and they'll be happy to take care of you. Um, I also want to just reach out and say that Sue Freeze, the Sue Freeze Show, the Sue Freeze um, website is available. You can go on there and you can click on so many different things. There is two different tiles that have to do with I am's who you are in Christ, because, you know, there's a difference on what we tell ourselves, you know, our own language, what we speak to ourselves with our little voices and what other people are speaking into our lives. But if you're going to listen to them versus listening to what the Lord says about you, for instance, you're victorious versus you're never going to amount to anything. Have you ever had someone say that to you? I have. So what I'm saying is that the Lord has such a better idea of what your life should look like and what it should be. And he's got a specific purpose. And I think a lot of people struggle in this world because they don't understand that their life matters, that their life can really make a difference in this world. Being successful is one thing, and people have a different definition of what success is. But when you get to the point where you can make a significant difference in other people's lives, one person at a time or 100 people in a, in a room, if you can make a difference in their lives that's going to change change their life, which has a domino effect or a ripple effect on those that they come in contact with, such as children, their spouses, you know, brothers, sisters, all of that. We matter. We matter. And what we do with our lives and what we do with um, 
our beliefs can change history. So before we went on the break, I was talking to Larry about, you know, what he feels would be the most important thing to talk about. And I have to tell you that our freedoms, you know, are something that the military really fights hard for. And I think we've taken for granted just recently with this COVID situation and having to wear masks and not being able to go. I couldn't dance for three years. I know it sounds minor, but for me, it was major. We couldn't go to the restaurant and eat. And my big thing was not being able to see people's faces and seeing smiles and being able to hug people without feeling like you're going to get sick. Those freedoms were snatched from us. So and and it's continually happening. And the military is there to protect those freedoms. So, Larry, I just want you to talk to the people listening right now about the military and what it's like to be in the military, all of those good things. Mm. Well, what we're talking about, thanks, Sue, um, there's so much that you'd mentioned in the segment, in the previous segment that I just think are spot on. The first one, by the way, I think is that you're talking about um, you guys have friends who tell us what we need to hear and friends who tell us what we want to hear. I put a little bit of a different spin on that. I try to separate the difference between friends and allies, and this does tie into the military thing, believe mm. it or not. Okay. Um, I think we need to have allies that tell us what we want to want or tell us what we need to hear. Mm-hmm. Allies aren't the same as friends. Mm-hmm. Allies, allies will tell us what we need to hear, whether we want to hear it or not. Right. And sometimes we need those folks in our life even more than we need friends, mm-hmm. like when we're going off the rails, mm-hmm. for instance. And um, good allies in the world geopolitical space do the same thing for us. But I feel so – my heart breaks when I hear people badmouth our volunteers – who raised their hand to swear to defend and protect. I hear them called warmongers and, and haters and low IQ, and they do it because they can't do anything else. Oh, sad. Well, yeah. Well, when you consider that more veterans start businesses, like almost four times as many veterans start businesses than their non-veteran counterparts. These mm-hmm. are not stupid people. Mm-hmm. They're smart people. They're brilliant people in many cases. But they don't raise their hand to choose to go protect, potentially lose their life. Um, They don't do that because they hate. They do it because they love. They love their family members. They love the brothers and sisters to their left and their right. Mm -hmm. They love their family members. They love our way of life. You don't do that stuff. You don't sacrifice your own life if you hate someone. You do that because you love. Right. And you love deeply. And I want people to kind of just shift their mindset a little bit about this. Um, so there, there is that component of it. Um, and this is biblical, right? I mean, I also hear people oftentimes question, well, what about the you know commandment, thou shalt not kill? Well, I think I had a spiritual mentor describe this to me once. He said, well, actually, the real translation is thou shalt not murder, not thou shalt not kill. And God has even commanded war several times throughout history, right? So there is the righteous killing, I suppose, to protect. And so I just want people to think about it a little bit differently. Um, But these are people who love deeply. They care deeply. And they're willing to sacrifice. When's the last time you, listener, have sacrificed for someone else? I think particularly during this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, um, I'm not asking people to sell all their belongings and move to India and serve the poor. 
but how about just helping somebody who's struggling putting groceries in their car in the parking lot, mm-hmm. going over and helping them? Mm-hmm. How about holding the door, you know, at your favorite coffee shop or getting the barista to smile, you know, when they have this long line in front of them? Those mm-hmm. little things, those move the needle in life because you never know what they're going through in their life. One of my pet peeves is I'm on, I fly a lot. And um, I'll see these small little women trying to put this 30-pound bag in the overhead compartment and guys just sitting there watching them do it. <laughs> That's happened to me many times. And I look at the guy sitting there and I'm like, really? Thanks, I'm like, stud. okay, hey, I'll get it. Thanks so much. Yes. Yeah. Those little things move the needle. Yes, in, for sure. In, in life. Yes, so, I agree. We were talking about this earlier, but this, how about this? Just love first. Love puts the dent in evil, for sure. Absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, So we have a little time left. What is the Lord speaking to you? Oh, I don't know. You know, I'm trying to stay open. um, And, you know, this is the time of Thanksgiving, I guess. Um, What are you thankful for? Well, for my family and for my uh, my daughter, for sure. Um, What's her name? uh, She goes by Emmy. Emmy. Uh, yeah. And one of the things that's gotten, gotten my company, my team members through this, you mentioned the pandemic in these mm-hmm. three years, is just the mm-hmm. economic shutdown and yes. all that nonsense that, that went with it. Yes. I had chosen years and years ago on the advice of a spiritual mentor not to look at my business as my own, mm-hmm. but to look at it as though I am the steward Yes. Of this well, that's so, thing that I am. So great. It's so great. <laughs> that I've been blessed oh to, to, to lead. So great. And um, and I have generally done an okay job at that, I think. But when the pandemic hit, I just saw the anxiety and the panic on the team my team members' faces, right? And, um, and so we got into this habit of doing – every morning we do a morning stand-up, and we do it by Zoom uh, today um, – but before we go around the room and have people share, you know, what would they accomplish yesterday and what are we accomplishing? What's the hope that they're going to accomplish today? Everyone has to tell the team what they're grateful for. Love it. And this is really quick. 30 seconds, right? Yes. Because I've, I heard, once heard that anxiety and gratitude can't live in the sp- same space at the same time. True. You know? Mm-hmm. And so there was that little practice that we put into our, our life and our business. But the other thing was this. We started a mantra that um, offer grace, patience, and forgiveness freely and often. Love it. How would our life, how would our relationships, how would business be different if instead of grinding people down when they make a mistake, you know, chewing them out, telling them they're worthless, but to offer them a little bit of grace, offer them patience, because we're all under the gun of some sort. There's the, you know, mm-hmm. we're all feeling the pressure. But offer them and then forgiveness. It's one of the things that's gotten me in a lot of trouble in my life. Hmm. And pressure is either not accepting forgiveness from someone or not mm-hmm. offering forgiveness often enough. Mm-hmm. Right. But doing it freely. That's th- each one of those words, grace, patience, and forgiveness freely and often. There's a reason that each of those words are in that little mantra. Right. If we do it freely, no strings attached, no contingencies. Mm-hmm. Boy, we look at the world a whole lot differently. What came to mind right now is grace. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the acronym for grace is? Tell me. God's riches at Christ's expense. Oh, that's good. Isn't that good? Good. Yes. 
God's God's riches riches at at Christ's Christ's expense. expense. Wow, I'd never heard that. Yes, I love it too. And it's so funny because you were talking about stewardship because the Lord revealed to me with my company Mm -hmm. is that my position as leader, CEO, is to teach my employees, because that's my mission field, my employees, Mm -hmm. and to teach them how to be good stewards and good servants. And uh, 1 Peter 4.10, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And that's what we're called to do, serve Mm -hmm. one another. Right. He, t- he tells us if somebody falls down, if your brother falls down, it's your responsibility to put a hand out and help that person up. We need to be looking for opportunities to be used for his good, for his glory. And it's all around us. All we have to do is open our eyes and have an open spirit. You know, you just look around and you can just sense that this person is needing a, a, a smile or a hug or a whatever. And just a kind word like you look so great today. Something, just anything. Here's another one. Uh, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. That's what I was looking at when you said that. And I thought, there we go again. (laughs) Yes. Um, Adding value to others. Work with enthusiasm. There's people in my work that have this, an enormous amount of energy and enthusiasm. I'm like, I want some of that. As though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good we do, whether we are slaves or free. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you, each one for whatever good they do, whether they are a slave or free. This is different versions of the same scripture. And that's Ephesians 6, 7, 8, if you want to look up the address. I always like to give the address because I think it's important because sometimes I just want, where is that? Like you said, anxiety. Uh, Yesterday I was with a young lady. She comes in to say she's sorry on how she left the company. And she started with me when she was 19 years old. She's now 26. And she suffered from anxiety. There There was anxiety in her. And so I gave her the scripture of be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, and it's Philippians 4, 6. And right, there, right before that, in Philippians 4, 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. So what is that? It's exactly what you are saying. You're saying to be thankful, to be grateful. Mm-hmm. Rejoice in the Lord, and then be anxious for nothing. And they can't be in the same room. And that's mm-hmm. what he's telling us in Philippians. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's amazing. But that just yeah. happened yesterday with this young lady, and I put her hands in my hands, and I prayed oh. over her, and, and she said she missed the relationships we have in our company, that she works for a nonprofit and she misses the relationship she had with E. coli. And that just blessed me because it, it just is a word saying, keep it up, keep it up. Yeah, it's very interesting when we get intentional about the way we're going to live our lives and not mm-hmm. just be a passive participant in our yes. own life. You'd mentioned the word serve earlier mm-hmm. when you're talking about stewardship. Mm-hmm. And I was reflecting, I've been journaling for years. I went back and looked at some journals from when I was in the military. I remember my team sergeant, telling me one time, serve first, lead second, stay humble. Now, this is one of the most elite military units in the world. <laughs> serve first. Serve first is what he was saying. Now, in special forces, a lot of people don't know, you, you go over to these other foreign countries and you, you're serving, you're 12 guys, uh-huh. you become force multipliers. Serve first, lead second, stay humble. Mm-hmm. None of those were kick the door in, you know. Just be an a-hole, but serve, 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 serve. And so that's always stuck with me. And um, for years, I had 
been serving on nonprofit boards or whatever it was. But for the last three years, I didn't. And so I've been really feeling this calling lately. Larry, one of the reasons that you're kind of in this funk is, you know, clearly the transition of your son has been a problem. That's, you know, but you're not really actively serving anybody. And so it's very funny, like within two weeks, all of a sudden I had two people reach out to me and say, hey, we'd love for you to be on this board. And they're both boards I've been wanting to be on, (laughs) surprisingly. It's just funny how God Mm -hmm. works when you actually open up and say, I think I'm ready, you know, put me in coach, <laughs> right? you know? And so the, the again, the needle has been moved uh, a little bit, but you, it's not going to happen unless we become aware of our own existence mm-hmm. and stop being passive players. Ask to be put in, put me in coach, put me in and then just go. Yes. You're not going to be right. You're probably not going to feel like you're ready, but go anyway. Right. He uses each one of us and we don't have to have all the skills because he wants he wants us to realize it's not us. <laughs> you know, he equips us with what we need to do whatever it is he needs us to do today. Exactly right now. You know, it's like whenever anybody asks me, I'm like, OK, is this really my is this my gift? Is this where I'm supposed to be? And my thing right now in my my business is that I always ask my key reports and everyone is there someone else in this organization that could do that job instead of you because i want you to focus on what you need to do because that's what i've had to learn how to do i mean i can do it all if i but i can't i can't do it all Mm -hmm. we need each other and so what we need to do is let everybody work in their gifts because that's their purpose and that Mm -hmm. brings them joy is to know that they're capable and is it easy no it's not easy sometimes it's just easier to do it yourself but in the long run it's not I'm teaching my son this. It's like, he says, I'm very good at delegating. He goes, you know what you're good at? You're good at delegating. I said, you need to get better at delegating. That's what you need to do. Mm -hmm. Because it's true. I mean, we need each other and we need to hold each other accountable. And that's whether we're working or we're in ministry or even just in our family life, husbands and wives. You know, communication is so key. I will say that one thing that we did when we had dinner is we would always ask for our high and our lows. You know, Mm. what was your high today? What was your low today? And I just brought this up with another family. And they said, you know what? We're going to start doing that. And so they are. And they reported back to me. They're from, they live in Maui. And they came and stayed with me a couple of days before we went to this leadership conference in La Quinta this last week. I talked about that leadership last weekend was that show. And I talked about what I learned about our life is full of beginnings and endings. And uh, it was a really good show. Anyway, just saying, I learned so much. Um, the Lord is just so good. And I am just hoping and praying that each one of you um, have a personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. We don't need to be religious. Um, it can be not a good thing. But we do need to have a personal. He wants us to have a personal relationship with him. And if you're feeling like there's a hole in your heart, and you're trying to fill it with a new car or a horse or whatever, um, it's not going to get filled by anybody but but him. He has a special place that only he can fill. And I'm hoping for your sake and for your family's sake that you get to have that personal relationship like I have and you understand just how filled you can be. And when you're feeling really down, you need to speak the name of Jesus and understand that you are victorious, that the battle's been fought and it's been won, and not let the devil in. Yeah. Yeah, this, this relationship thing. I think I used to get so wrapped around the axle. Like, what does that mean to have a relationship with? with so, my what savior? does it mean? What does that mean? Well, I think for me, it's showing up. 
Oh, it's like, like anything. That. How do you, how can you have a relationship with, with somebody if you don't pick up the phone and call them once in a while yeah. or talk to them or go have coffee with them? Yeah. You know, and I also used to be so freaked out about how to pray, you know. And I've realized over the years, I read a book years ago called The Long Wandering Prayer, mm-hmm. which is a good book. And it's really just about the day, this is an ongoing conversation you have with the Father throughout the day. Not necessarily like getting down on my knees, although that's good sometimes, or total like prone position. Those are good sometimes too. <laughs> but just, you know, as I'm driving down the road, talking about the meeting I just finished or the meeting I'm going into. Um, but you have to show up for relationships. Think about any relationship where you've not called somebody or talked to them or for, for years. Those are difficult relationships to keep alive. Absolutely. So just little things day to day. Show you know? up. I yeah. love that. Yeah. Show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I it's love good. how you were talking earlier about the kind of the being a steward in your business and mm-hmm. just making folks better versions of themselves. Right. Because if you make them better versions of themselves, they're going to show up better workers and i mean for those business owners that are out there the gallup state of the american workforce survey shows that 67 67 percent of the workforce is disengaged or actively disengaged yes and when you peel back that survey you realize the number one reason that people leave businesses or that they're disengaged is because they don't feel like their employer is professionally developing them Mm. and so if you can get your team members to be working in their gifts as you call it a lot of people call it working in their strengths. Imagine if every person on your team was working in their gifts or in their strengths. How would morale of your organization be different? Yes, absolutely. Burnout would drop off right. dramatically. Yeah. Morale would increase right. incredibly, right? And so in the long term, if we've been given this business to be the steward of, we're not meant to drive it into the ground. No. You know, we're meant to kind of grow it, do Multiply great things. It. Multiply right? it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. So it's a good thing. I'll throw this out. You used, you used the word employees uh, earlier. There's two things I'm trying to I'm trying to be an evangelist in the business world for. I'm trying to get us to stop calling them employees. Okay. What should What should I call them? You can call them whatever you want, but I'm trying to. <laughs> there are there are legal reasons why we have to call folks employees, of course. Uh-huh. But if we run our businesses like teams, mm-hmm. everyone wants to be on a winning team. Uh-huh. And when you call them team members, like. Words have meaning, right? Oh, I like that. If, if I call, if I I call like you an employee, you're going to act like an employee. Right. Is it payday, boss? Thank God it's Friday kind of thing. Oh, my right? gosh. This is so good. Right? So, but if, Team members. Team members. Because every, when you're on a team, you subordinate your own personal agenda for the victory of the team, for the mission of the team. And you're only, right? as, you're only as good as your weakest that's link. Right, right. Right. So that's number one. Yeah. And the other thing is I try not to call the folks who pay our bills that we do transactions with. I don't try not to call them customers. Customers are transactional. Okay. So what Cli- do we call them? Clients. Clients. They're relational. Yes. And what, ours are. I yes, like that. they should yeah. be, right? Yeah. For business owners out there, what's the most expensive part of running a business besides your team members it's client acquisition yes right and so if you can build an ongoing relationship with them yes where they want to buy from you over and over again Mm -hmm. it's more economical yes it's good it's more profitable business for you right Uh and if our goal is to be stewards and to multiply expand our reach we've got clients we've got guests who come and stay at our hotels we've got consulting clients who work with us work with me because of the relationships relationships and Mm -hmm. who i am as a person right you know and the beliefs that i espouse Mm -hmm. 
And that's more true today than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. People want to do p- business with people. I agree. You totally. <laughs> and there's no like and trust factor thing. It's no love and trust. I think we need to get love back into the, the business arena a whole lot more. Oh, man. And be I willing to it. say it to your team members. Hey, I love you. Thank you for the contribution you're making. Yes. Yes. I appreciate you. Yes. I have a gentleman, his name's Daniel, that works for me, and, and he says that to me every day. He says, my life has changed so much from you. I appreciate you. And when he says that, it's like, it just makes me feel so good. I'm not yeah. asking him to say it, mm-hmm. but he says it, and he says it every time we talk, and now I find that I am saying that more. It's like, mm. I appreciate you because I so do, and yeah. I cannot do this business. This business needs all of us. Yeah. It needs all of us, and we all have a part to play. Yeah. Which is awesome. This has been so good. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you. I'm so it. glad I got to meet you. Yeah. I'd love to, to talk with you more because well, I want to learn more about, <laughs> you know, things. Yeah. And just real quick, can you mention about mm-hmm. this book thing? Because I really need to know how to do it. You're going to teach me later, I'm hoping. Oh, oh we don't have time, I don't think. But go ahead. <laughs> um, just mention it. Yeah, Leaders Are Readers. You can go Google it. Uh, go to Alignable. Leaders Are Readers. Leaders are readers. Alignable. We read the book so you don't have to. Oh, man, I need that. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, God bless you. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. Until next week, bye-bye. <laughs> it's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call E. coli termite and pest control services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. E. coli has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every other month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. E. coli keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way. And their termite control is legendary. So call E. coli today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.